Okay, Holden. Mm-hmm. So, something that uh, I've told you about a few times is that um, I've been absolutely losing my mind mm-hmm. reading Umineko no Naku Koroni, which uh, is which is a, is the visual novel. Is that correct? Yes, it's a visual no- visual novel, also known as Umineko when they cry. Okay, uh, that one I recognize. Translated to English being uh when the seagulls cry when the seagulls cry that's an artistic as hell sounding title um which is a very good visual novel with elements from when doves cry sorry i couldn't get that out of my head (laughs) it burst from me anyway go on uh which is uh it's very much about uh family drama and mystery novels and magic and uh horror stuff it's very Um, good a lot of bases covered here yeah it's got a lot of stuff going on um please if you're listening to this for the love of god play this game yeah this it's really fucking good this is the thing lexi tried to in our group chat be like everybody play this game and we were all like um i'm sure it's good but didn't resonate with us in the way that Lexi perhaps wanted to. Um, it, I, listen, I, I realize that it's like hundreds of hours long and that Oh my is... god, you really <laughs> buried the lead! You you really said everybody play this game and didn't tell us it was hundreds of hours long? <laughs> it's a novel that's like longer yeah, than I'm more Yeah, I'm taking hundreds of hours <laughs> to read one novel. Are you kidding me? Um, anyway, uh, one of... A part of uh, the game, uh, very light spoilers, there is reference to uh, Knox's Ten Commandments, or the Decalogue, which is, uh, which is a theory of, uh, uh, of writing mystery from the Golden Age of Mysteries. It was uh, written by, like, this came up by uh ronald knox like writing about uh uh the uh, agatha christie and sherlock holmes novels so uh i thought that it would be pretty re- relevant to read to you the knox's ten commandments or well, knox's decalogue i mean this sounds great this is this is our this is our vibe please mm-hmm. enlighten yeah. me uh one the criminal must be mentioned in the early part of the story but must not be anyone whose thoughts the reader has been allowed to know. Okay. Pretty simple stuff. Yeah, this is Chekhov's villain, I guess. Mm. All supernatural or preternatural agencies are ruled out as a matter of course. No matter what's going on in a Sherlock Holmes or a Poirot novel, if it seems like it's a ghost or it's a wizard never. or something, it's not actually a ghost. <laughs> it's never a wizard. It's never a wizard. It's, it's never not a wizard. The cult doesn't actually have any powers. It's, yeah. I and I know we have ten of these to get through, but uh, let me linger on this one a little bit. That's why the 2012 Sherlock Holmes movie starring Robert Downey Jr. is fucking good. Because 
I was so disappointed the whole way through. I'm like, they put magic in a Sherlock Holmes movie? <laughs> no, they didn't. They fucking got me. Um, number three, not more than one secret room or passage is allowable. <laughs> it's crazy how Scooby-Doo also sticks to this. <laughs> Four, no hitherto undiscovered poisons may be used nor appliance which will need a long scientific explanation at the end. So as long as it's like common knowledge poison, like, okay, like cyanide, or, yeah. hemlock. Um, now, number five, uh, this one is, uh, it's about racism. Mm. Basically, uh, it's like, hey, um, no, we can't put a racist caricature of a, of, like, Asian people in our story, so we're just gonna, like, don't do that. Yeah, don't do, don't do an orientalism. That's Mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. Um, number six. <laughs> Pretty important. <laughs> uh, the way the way it's phrased in this 1920... Yeah, uh, don't... I wouldn't yeah. read it verbatim. I think we should move on. Yeah. Uh, number six. No accident must ever help the detective, nor must he ever have an unaccountable intuition which proves to be right. This is where, uh, like, the BBC Sherlock fucks up a lot i think oh absolutely that guy's fucking up all the time he keeps accidentally getting shit right all the Mm -hmm. time and then just pulls answers out of his ass because he's the smartest guy with the mind palace you know yeah he's not even the only guy with the mind palace on that show (laughs) uh number seven the detective himself must not commit the crime i feel like that's a that's a gimme but yeah number eight the detective is bound to declare any clues which he may discover. So, if you see a clue, you say it. You gotta, yeah, you gotta say the clue. Because, like, mystery novels are a game, in essence. Like, you you are telling the reader, hey, here is uh, all the stuff that happened, here's the mystery, and then, uh, like, at the end we're gonna have the detective say there, I've found the culprit, and then they're... It's that's your turn to stop reading and be like, okay, who do I think did it? Yeah, here's the. This is also where BBC Sherlock fucks up in in that they don't give you all of the pieces. A good mystery puts all of should be in theory solvable, right, by mm-hmm. you without interference from the detective. The tech. The only reason you read a mystery novel like that, like a Sherlock Holmes, is because you think Sherlock Holmes is smarter than me. If I was as smart as Sherlock Holmes, I could have taken all of these pieces of info that he gathered and I learned at the same time and I would be able to come to the same conclusion. But it's Mm -hmm. fun to see him solve it because he's smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Number nine. The sidekick of of the detective, the Watson must not conceal from the reader any thoughts which pass through his mind. His intelligence must be slightly, (laughs) but very slightly, below that of the average reader. Well, I think we hit that for this show, don't you think? I never shut the fuck up. (laughs) I think what that says, Holden, is that we have an audience with a very high intelligence level. (laughs) (laughs) Very slightly. I like I like you're like listen 
he, he's not like a complete rube, but he's definitely the dumbest guy, right? Like, <laughs> like, 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 there's a lot of smart people in these books. Somebody's got to be the dumbest. Someone's, you know? someone's got to be the dumbest, and also, of course, the dumbest guy would be the one who's uh, like, oh wait, that means that ba ba ba. Obviously, like just can't just can't keep it to himself at all. And that's me. That's me. And then and then Sherlock or you go. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You have uh, got all of this info, and once again, come to the wrong conclusion. Uh, And final, the final commandment: uh, ten twin brothers and doubles generally. Must not appear unless we have been duly prepared for them. So yeah. you can't no. you, you can't just surprise there's a twin. You have to hint that there's a twin if yeah, there's going to be gotta, a twin. You got to do the twin setup. You got to do Chekhov's twin. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes a surprise twin. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's I Knox's think... Knox's uh, uh, Decalogue. I think our podcast sticks pretty closely to this. Mm-hmm. We follow so many of the rules. <laughs> I can't talk talk enough about how we aren't uh, we don't engage in orientalism on this show. That is a huge rule that we are not <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that we follow to the T. Um, and also, I think that I fit the Watson pretty good. I'm a good. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> you you just you just say your thoughts. I just you, say them. And then maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, you know? Maybe I think I make an interesting point that you, the detective, have to consider. Ultimately, it'll be wrong, but it makes you think about it a little Mm -hmm. bit. It maybe puts you on the path to the correct solution. And and I'm sitting back here, poisoned by knowledge, and Mm -hmm. uh, have to sit idly by and nod my head and say, well, we'll have to see if that's correct. And that's also, listener, why we tease twins so often in the front half of our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So often, um, but we we uh, we do have a mystery in store for us today, Holden. Uh, but that's the fun twin part. It's in the second half of the episode because we got to <laughs> do some completely unrelated shit first. Yeah, first, first we do have to go back to the test. Are you ready for uh the rescue portion? Maybe of the but test? we should perhaps introduce the show first. Oh yes, we should. Uh. Welcome to A Study in Sakuga. I'm Lexi, the anime Sherlock. And I am your slightly less intelligent uh, <laughs> anime Watson Holden. Uh, this is we, Season 3, Episode 57, Rescue Exercises. Yes, that it is. We it's, are watching My Hero Academia still. It's we a are weird s- one. It's a weird one. It's there's a weird a, there's, one. There's some, there's some world building in this episode that I don't know if it scams, if it makes I, sense at all. I have so many questions. And also, I feel like the characters were supposed to be learning the lessons that were being imparted, but somehow I was the recipient of that knowledge. Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, like, like this this scene this episode seems mostly like it's like looking directly at the viewer and like saying stuff most this is of the what time. The rescue portion of he being a hero is about. And I'm like, no, I know how to I know that superheroes save people. I feel yeah. like this is an important thing to impart on our characters. Like I I get that superheroes rescue people, but maybe Bakugo should be learning a lesson, no? Like No? 
No, no he's not going to. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, the second part of this, uh, the provisional hero license test is about to begin, and <laughs> Cementos is seething because they announced <laughs> that. This is the rescue portion, so they <laughs> blow up the fucking arena. It's all rubble and and disaster area now. Uh, how can you? How could you do this to his landscape? Cementos is like, yeah, I'll build it for you. And then they're like, yeah, we're gonna blow it up halfway. And he's like, you're gonna fucking what? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I can't believe they've done this to him. They they are are so flippant. About how how easy it is for Cementos to rebuild this shit that they don't have a different way to do it. Yeah, they it's... they are so reliant on one man. <laughs> it's it's so funny how they frame it too, because it, it's just like here, look at this landscape in uh in an arena. Yeah, that that's fine. Let's blow it up. Let's blow it how up. Much, how much <laughs> money is circulating in this society? This is what not sustainable. Fuck? You're putting this on the shoulders of one man. <sighs> so they blow up the arena flagrantly, flagrantly, spitting in the face of our favorite professional hero. And they have placed bystanders in the disaster site. Yeah. This would be dangerous to do if it were real people. Luckily, luckily, there, <laughs> luckily, there is a professional company. Of the the help us company or huck as they call them the rest of the episode that are all adults that are pretending to be in peril so that pr- people who need to practice saving people can practice yeah um uh, is this is this a huge problem is this a is this a lucrative service to provide? It must be. Look how big their team is. It's huge. It's so huge. This isn't even to this isn't even bringing up the point that they have like people of all ages and sizes. When I say all ages and sizes, I mean they're pretending to be people of all ages and sizes. There's an old man that's a baby. Yeah. Like wrapped up like a baby and uh like they eat, he even has a baby mask. There's a scene where they... I hate it. There's a scene where they reveal people crawling from the rubble. Uh, This is the most unsettling thing I've ever seen. Like, shadowed eyes, lipless, grinning mouths. They, like, pull themselves from the rubble. And I'm like, I'm not fucking saving these people. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not saving Uh... any of them. Um, Anyway, I guess... This is a business that can work um, because because uh, Huck is here and they're ready to quiz us all. I still don't understand how this is a business that is like legitimate in any capacity. I, I don't. don't I, don't, I don't know. Because like this guess, is their gig. This is their one gig. So I guess like like at the DMV when you go in to get a driver's license. There's like a driver when you if you have to take a test at the driver's license, you have to like go with a person that gets in your car and like grades you. Yeah, but people are doing that every day. 
this is like the yeah. the professional heroes licensing exam is like an event. Here's here's what I actually want to see, and I'm not joking. This implies that there's such a level of bureaucracy keeping up your license and like getting it renewed that I think would just actually be interesting lore building, like world building. If there was so much fucking red tape in getting your license, that should be if this if this group exists, you might as well be like also it's a fucking hassle to like run a company and do this. Like it's like it is a company. Mm-hmm. Uh because I, I refuse to believe that that spooky old man gets business on a day-to-day basis. Like, I just don't think so. Um, later, I, I, I want to talk about, uh, while I was at work one of these days, I, uh, I, I realized I had a flash of inspiration and I, I figured out a way, I, a way that would make this show, something that would make this show work for me a little better would be not having Deku have superpowers. This is a like common criticism of this show is that like the the starting a show with a yeah the the main protagonist doesn't have powers and then they're going to for whatever reason be given powers even though a show where the protagonist doesn't have powers would actually be more interesting. Um I Yeah. And and there are people that don't have powers that go to the school, right? You know like all of the support classes. Well, here's the thing. They have powers. They're just not in the hero course. Well, no. What's what's that inventor girl? She doesn't have powers that I know her, about. Her powers uh, is that she has zoom eyes. Like, her eyes can do a zoom. Well, sure. I'm just saying that it's not relevant to the work that mm. they're doing. She can, she can like, do the, do the whole looking at really tiny objects without... Having to put on anything. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I don't know. Here's here's what the the thing is. For My Hero Academia, they want to tell a Superman story. Mm-hmm. And not a Batman story. Batman does not exist in My Hero Academia. He can't. I don't see why he can't, though. That that See... This is the thing to me. I think a person who just, like, very genuinely does want to do good in the superhero business without powers, I think that I think that's a compelling story. <laughs> I think it's a compelling story. I agree. You could do, I mean, Iron Man's obviously the point of contention here, but I, I think that's a good story. I'm just saying that that's a Batman story about a person, like pushing themselves to the limit of what a regular human can do and then having to come up with creative solutions around that. And Batman cannot exist in My Hero Academia. He's too much of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Vigilante is obviously like an easy word to use, but they have structured the My Hero Academia universe in such a way that nobody that's even similar to Batman can exist. Eraserhead is the closest point of comparison and that dude's a fucking stickler for the rules. You know what I mean? See, see, this is the the, the thing is that I I think I think a Batman should exist in this universe. Like it's it is an it is an interesting thing to like. Here is a society where the normal is superpowers. So this person striving to do what essentially normal people do without that, I think that's good. <laughs> I think that's good. I think it 
defeats a lot of... It's difficult, right? Because I think there are... In a society where people are born with superpowers and some people just aren't, is inherently a little eugenics-y, you know? Mm-hmm. So somebody you have to I make think, that ex, you have to make that explicit with the batman yeah and they don't they don't want to do that mm, that's they, very true that's yeah. another problem with this show yeah this they show. don't want to point out that i mean i don't know this but i'm assuming based on the rest of the show that i've watched is the closest we get to it is endeavor doing his eugenics mm-hmm. which is framed as bad but that's as close as we're ever going to get with pointing out that Hey, there are people that are just inherently better than people who are other people and through genetics. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. Some people are just better. Uh, And the show doesn't want you to think about that. Don't think about that. Yeah. Deku got in on meritocracy. I don't know what you're talking about. He got superpowers because he was nice. You could. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I'm going to go into this later and like give you... Like how I would act, how I would set up the pitch of like what the rest of this se- mm-hmm. the series would look like, and like how it would be different and interesting. The closest, and- the closest the show would ever do a Batman is an arc where he ultimately was the villain, and that's kind of stain if you think that's about kind it. of stain. That's kind of stain, and that's just the show we're watching. But I would love to hear your pitch about it. I think that would be an interesting pitch because I, I like talking about it with you. Yeah. Um, but we're still, we're still in the anteroom. Yes. Um, so and I had an interesting point here in that they're, they're destroying the, the city, all of Spentos' hard work. And, uh, it's either Deku or Ida points out that it's really similar to the disaster that just happened. Yeah. Um, the, the fight that All Might just had where he retired, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, are they basing this test off of a disaster that killed, like, a bunch of civilians so that we would learn from it? And I was like, that kind of makes sense in the logic of the show. But can you fucking imagine if the, if they did, if this was real in the real world? They're like, yeah, and here's your test. It's based off 9-11. We, uh, you're going to have to go into the 9-11. We've artificially created it and saved people. You're kobayashi Maruing. 9-11? No. I don't... No, I don't think so. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Kobayashi Maru? Yes, it's it's the impossible test Kirk solves. He cheats. But, yeah, he does solve it, I guess. Uh, is it a cheat or is it a solve? No, he literally cheats. <laughs> he... It's... it's The Kobayashi Maru is... is for those of you who don't know, I'm assuming everybody knows this term, but I'm also a dork who loves Star Trek. Is a test that you get in Starfleet Academy um, where you are the captain of a ship and you have to uh, try to get out of a no... There's a no-win situation you're put in. You have to figure out a way to beat impossible odds and nobody can beat the test. It's designed to never be beaten. Um because the importance of that test is to show you that sometimes there is no way to beat the odds. Sometimes you have to accept your fate and just, you know, still perform your duties admirably. Um, and Kirk's like, that's fucking bullshit. 
Uh, there's no such thing as a no-win scenario. Um, and he cheats. <laughs> he goes in and he cheats. He fucking hacks the system and cheats. Uh, and then uh, he passes and everybody's like, mm, Kirk, did you cheat? And he's like, yeah, fuck you. I cheated. And they're like, mm. Mm. yay, we love Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking love Kirk. He rules. <laughs> he's he's the dude who gets to be captain of a starship through hard work and like being a like a good captain and like good for his officers and stuff. But also just a dude who just fucking cheats all the time. He just lies and cheats and he gets away with it. He rules. Anyway, that was my Star Trek tangent for this episode. Um, <laughs> we, so, the, yes. Sorry, I threw off the, I threw off, uh, what we had rolling. Uh, they're Kobayashi Marooing 9-11. Um, we get a whole extended sequence that I don't care to go into about Kaminari and, uh, Mineta being like, you saw a girl naked? What? And I was like, Saro, no, you don't need to be involved with this. I don't want you to be. Um, but then he's not in the hounding of of Deku after that, mm-hmm. which just means that Sarah's a big fat gossip, and I like yes. this for him. I think that's a fun character trait. That is that is fun. Sarah I... will tell anybody anything about you. Don't trust Sarah with your secrets. Um, but yes, we we have to dedicate full minutes to Mineta. Freaking out that Deku saw a naked lady. And this is, like, set up... Like, in the construction of this episode, this whole sequence is set up as they're, like, trying to pry info out of Deku, who's clearly uncomfortable with it. Uh, is set up for Uraraka to be like, I have a crush on Deku. And I'm like, what a strange way to yeah. frame this. Yeah. Deku saw a naked lady, and now I'm jealous. And I feel jealous about that. Mm, no. No. Actually. No. What? Why am I... She, like, fucking balls her fist at, as she this, like, other like, girl... As she like, looks waves at, at Deku, And I'm like, are you gonna fucking fight Cammy right now? You gonna throw hands over this, Urarika? I guess not, but... Pretty, pretty freaking funny. Bad? It, it's bad. I don't like this as the setup. If this is, like, going to be an Erarica character arc, great. But, um... I, bad way to kick this I have I have thoughts about where this Erarica character arc goes and, like, her reaction to everything these few episodes. It is... I do have thoughts about it. I agree with you. Without hearing what you have to say, I'm pretty much certain I agree with what you're going to say. Um, but if we must do this arc, this is a horrible way to kick it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the Shiketsu folks are like, hey, we we heard you ran into... Um, uh, cousin It comes up. Cousin It comes up and he, he walks up and he says, me, 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 me. And they're like, "Wow, that's a really good point." I, I did meet, I did meet the the guy, and he goes, "Me, me, 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 me." And, and they go, "Wow, yeah, you no, yeah, he is acting a little rudely. That's true."
I wish he was wearing sunglasses. I really do, but he's not. <laughs> uh, no, he's just got the one eye poking out from under all the hair. All that hair. Um, um, yeah, he's basically like, sorry if you bumped shoulders with this other guy whose name I don't remember. The wind guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be a little abrupt. He's very passionate. Yeah. Um, Todoroki, a- a- after this encounter, asks the wind guy, what's what's up? You've been glaring at me this entire time. Do we have beef? And uh, he says, yeah, I have beef. You're Endeavor's son. I fucking hate that dude. You look just like him. You have your father's eyes. Which is fucking cold. Mm-hmm. Considering, uh, that's exactly what his mom said right before yeah, she threw Yeah, pretty his... fucked up thing to say to Todoroki. Yeah. I hope that he gets to be like, hey, that's exactly what my mom said before she fucking scarred me permanently. Do you feel good about that? <gasps> Do you is feel good? good? Is that a good opinion for you to have? Um, I wish that scene to exist. I don't believe they're going to do that. Yeah, probably. No, probably, probably not. <laughs> mm. um, um, well, Rarika is so mad about another girl waving at Deku that she's about to confess her feelings right there in the hall when the bell goes off and they have to hustle into the arena to save uh, people pretending to be babies. Yes. Um, the class 1A all goes in a group to like act as a united front in, in this, except for Bakugo, Kaminari, and Karishima again. <laughs> I love my boys. He's like, stop fucking following me, and they're like, no. 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 Why Why did you side characters follow me again? And they're like, because we wanted to. They're like, stop fucking following me. And he's like, I don't have friends. And they're like, that's not true. We're friends. And Fuck you. Like, no, I don't friends. have any friends. And they're like, untrue. If you didn't have friends, we wouldn't be following you. <laughs> I do think it's so fun that Bakugo has friends against his will. Yeah. Um we we see uh class 1A like find a find one of the, the they're crisis actors. <laughs> yes, they're crisis actors. We've been dancing around it the whole fucking time. Um they like come up to a little boy and Deku goes, "Holy shit, you look hurt." <laughs> Jesus Christ! This oh is God, fucking... what happened to you? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, and that guy was like, hey, don't you think that's maybe a bad thing to say to somebody who's having the worst day of their life? And Deku goes like, oh yeah, good point. We'll definitely save him, guys. Absolutely. Wink, 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 wink. Don't wink, worry wink, wink, about wink. it. It's gonna be cool, probably. Um, you guys get to work with this other stuff. I'm gonna take this kid off to this off to an undestroyed area. Yeah, to the to the other the um, triage center they've set the other kids have set up. And Rock is like, I want him. So I want. Bad. I want him. I want him so bad, I but I can't so act bad. on it right now. Right now, so I'm gonna bottle it up. I'm gonna bottle it up. Also, Deku's so dedicated to being a good hero that he wouldn't want to date anybody. He's so focused. I don't I think need, that's. I don't think. I need to bottle it up. What a weird time to have this arc. You know when this arc should be happening? In school. In school. In hey, school. What, one of the aspects of what my pitch is that there should be more school in there this show. There should be more school! A- 
Thank you. Finally, somebody fucking said it. <laughs> there should be more school in this show that's supposed to be about a be school. Be about the fucking hero school. Enough tests. Okay, I get it. <sighs> okay, uh, so... And and here's the thing. We never have to remember that wind guy's name again because his hero name is Gale Force, okay? Which is yeah. a good, fine hero name that I never... Now I never have to remember his actual name. Yeah. Gale Force... You know, we kind of cut around to people doing different things. It's kind of, you know, they're they're all learning. Kind of learning yeah. on the job. Uh, Miss Jokes' uh, kids, they're the ones who set up, like, the first aid area. Um, um, cousin It clears the helicopter pad. He goes, me, 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 And then he, like, does a big hair. He's got hair powers, obviously. <laughs> obviously. And he, like, clears a big heli- helicopter pad. Uh, and that's, that's cool, I guess. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then this episode, this is where I wrote in my notes, okay, I feel like the episode is just being like, then this is what, like, rescue work is. It's like teaching us instead of the characters. There's like lectures, like, mm-hmm. of like, of like characters who are watching it, like explain what is good and bad to be doing. And I'm like, I, I don't need to know. Yeah. I, you tell this to Ida. Tell this like, to Ida. Fucking, what the hell do you want me to do about it? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not involved with this. Um, yeah, we see, we see, like, uh, Momo and Uraraka are about to save a kid, and, like, uh, Uraraka is about to, like, rush into, to, like, try to lift some rubble, and, like, the, the, the crisis actor that's under the rubble is, like, She's going to lose points if she just rushes in and starts moving these things haphazardly. And Momo, like, has a little padded, like, stop thing jut out from her to stop Uraraka, <laughs> which I think is so funny. That is very funny. Uh, she could just put her arm out, but no. It's fucking, it's a good bit. Honestly, we should utilize Momo more like this, where she just yeah. has, she just has Momo, sight gags. Momo should be doing sight gags all the time. All the time. I don't use Momo more. She's like, she is like she a is, great source of prop comedy. What are you doing? She's <laughs> such a serious character for the prop comedy that you could be doing with her. She's like weirdly serious for all of the gags and, and goofs she could be doing. Mm-hmm. That's and another like, rewrite. Fucking rewriting Momo to be more of a goofball. Here's Put it the down. thing. She doesn't need to be more of a goofball. She could just, like, uh, like because this is an innate part of herself, just, like, reflexively do this kind of stuff, and that itself would be funny. It doesn't I take much. That's good, still. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Anyway, we go around, we're saving people, we're actually doing a pretty good job, and then the teach the fucking... Uh, powers that be that are doing this episode. Oh wait, no. There's one scene we, I want to I want to talk we, about with Bakugo. Oh, uh, yes. There's the Bakugo thing because Bakugo sees some people in the like mountain zone, and they're like, "Hey, you fuckers, go get to the rescue area. Get the fuck out of here. Quit your belly aching." And they're like, "They're like, wow, he fucking saw through our our." low-level priority and, and ordered us to get to... Ha- and wow, he, he didn't have much bedside manner, but what a commanding force. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut no, the fuck no, up. Shut the fuck up. There's, Bakugo should fail here, point blank. Okay? 
absolutely. He's not a he's not a rescue hero. He doesn't fucking do this. This is his one flaw is that he's too mad to save people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and- can't have Bakugo not in the the cap to this arc, so of course he's gonna make it through. Um, we we get a moment with uh, Meatball Boy with his teacher, who seems like an incredibly anxiety ridden man. Yeah, he seems scared of Meatball Guy, which I guess I would be too. Uh, and he's like, "Hey, um." You're being a little extreme. You haven't, like, been influenced by Stain at all, have you? <laughs> and he's like, me, Stain? And they're like, well, you're saying kind of the same shit, don't you think? And he's like, I guess I'll have to think about this. Um, And the twist of the episode is that not only is it a rescue mission where you got to rescue all the civilians that are in the rubble, um. But also, secretly, they they hired Gang Orca and a bunch of no-name faceless minions to attack in the middle of the rescue operation. Mm-hmm. Because this is My Hero Academia, and they'll be goddamned if they miss an opportunity to stick in a weirdly timed fight. Okay? Yeah. Is this the point of the episode? Absolutely fucking not. Is it missing the high action that we've come to expect from My Hero Academia? I fucking guess, because fucking a gang orca is here. Uh, and I would be more mad about this, but gang orsa orca fucking whips. That dude rules. He's <laughs> he looks so, so cool. cool. He's he so looks fucking so cool. cool. He's, he's number three, apparently, according to the episode. Number three uh, on ranked villains that look most like... Or ranked heroes that look more like villains. I want to know who ranked over him. Yeah, I gotta know. Is it Endeavor? You can tell us if it's Endeavor. I don't think it's Endeavor because I think people are like, oh, fire, good, you know. I don't know. Endeavor was... (laughs) He is a villain vibe to us, but I don't think people see him like that. Hmm. Anyway, he's got the, a fucking sick cape. He does. There's like a scene where he's like, with all of his minions are like uh, marching into the arena, and he like flips his cape, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's fucking it, gang. That's fucking it. rules. That's <laughs> you it. get it. You 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 know how. Here's the thing, gang orca knows how to act like a villain. <laughs> he does. It's fucking good. He's the second best person pretending to be a villain in this uh, in these two episodes. <laughs> Imagine if All Might was in his fucking prime. He didn't have to retire. Can can you fucking imagine him hamming it up out there? Oh, we were robbed. We were robbed. Anyway. That's the button on this episode. I guess we'll have to see the thrilling conclusion next time. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Lexi, I'm, I'm being handed something. Just a moment. Oh, no. We've got pointless bullshit to do next episode <laughs> oh yeah that's right we're doing some pointless we're, bullshit we're that... pulls right in the middle of the arc is that now nah, hang on i'm being handed something else it's good <laughs> wait wait I'm, wait i'm being handed something it's a it's also an ad for a movie what are you fucking me right now is that with the fucking <laughs> yeah oh my god oh my fucking god dude <laughs> 
I can't fucking believe it. I was about to say nice things about this episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's it's like a it's like a weird awful Oreo where it's like two bad cookies. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh like with with some really good stuffing in the middle. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm so mad about this. This isn't my hair academy movie I can go watch and that will give me context for this fucking episode um it, it'll give you the context for the beginning and end <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i am going to kill all might <laughs> if you're wondering next episode who did it it was me we're gonna take a break right now and i'll leave you to ponder that one no need to be a sleuth about it it was me i fucking did it Never, the Knox Decalogue didn't say the Watson couldn't be the Yeah, not <laughs> one fucking rule about the Watson not being the guy. So you see, because Holden was in the parlor the entire time, so he says, it actually makes it entirely plausible that he was the one who killed All Might. He had the motive, his anger and frustration over having to sit through what is essentially an ad for a movie. He had the means, an animation knife that he himself drew. And, of course, he was nowhere near the crime scene. He was waiting for me to come and explain the new crime in our new adventure. I killed him, yeah, I did it. I fucking stabbed him. <laughs> I stabbed him in the chest over and over and over again. How dare he? How dare he give me this good bottle episode and it be a, an ad for a movie that I'm not going to watch? How dare he? That's a mm-hmm. joke. I'm contractually obligated to watch that fucking movie, by the way. Just so you're all aware, <laughs> listener. I have to. For the for the purposes of this podcast, I have to watch it. Holden, we're not watching any of the Hiroaka movies. Are you kidding me? No. No fucking way I'm okay, not just doing that. you don't want to do it doesn't mean that we don't have to. I'm sorry. But <laughs> how many fucking movies have we watched? We watched... We watched the... Uh, we have... We uh, have We've watched one for Cowboy Bebop and one for uh, Card Captor Sakura. Do you want me to tell you how many movies there are for oh, My Hero Academia oh, and how no. little, a lot of them how there. little of them? None of them have anything to do with the main plot, Holden. None of them are canonical. You're telling me. David Cage doesn't come back. <laughs> David Shield. Shield. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 
movies. Let's let's go. My hero, <laughs> Academ- stand staring out of the window and saying whisperly, Dave. <laughs> You're telling me David Shield doesn't come back? No. Uh, my Hero Academia Heroes Rising. My Hero Academia Two Heroes. Okay. My Hero Academia <laughs> World a Heroes Mission. There's three it's of real, these it's, fuckers. It's a, it's a real. It's a real Fast and Furious naming convention, huh? Uh-huh. All right, we won't watch them unless they're absolutely necessary or secretly good. And I don't know if any of them are secretly good, so... I don't think any of them are secretly good. <laughs> Lexi's maybe not the best judge for this because she doesn't like this show, so... Perhaps not the best judge on whether or not the movies are good. Why don't we find the highest rated one when we get to a good point? We'll find the okay. highest rated one and we'll watch that one. We watched a movie for a bunch of other ones. It can't be that bad. It'd be like going to see a Dragon Ball Z movie in theaters. Like, is there mm. a point to it? Not really. But also, is it kind of the <laughs> spectacle of it? A little bit, you know? Yeah. This is all to say that this episode doesn't matter, but it is also good. So I guess we have a lot to talk about in Season 3, Episode 58. Save the world with love. We open with a fourth wall break. Uh, I guess it's to promote a movie. Who can say? Yeah. I think there's it, there's literally a TV that they watch in the beginning here that has a clip from the movie in it. Yes, that is, that is absolutely a a clip from the movie and Cementos and Midnight are watching uh, this TV that has a documentary about All Might's past that introduces this figure from All Might's uh, past when he was a hero in the United States. His David, David Shield. <laughs> His name's David Shield. <laughs> <laughs> He's really influential, and they're like best friends. Everybody loves David Shield. And remember when? Remember when All Might was studying abroad in America, and he had a fucking cool car and fought crime with an American. We all remember. <laughs> and he and he had a uh, a drive jacket that said it, the Plus Ultra good. on the back. The jacket's fucking good, actually. Uh, <laughs> the jacket's good. What's not good is that I can see All Might's eyes. It's so weird. <laughs> Unsettling. Hey, remember when we first started this, watching My Hair Academia, all the way back in some of our first episodes, I said I didn't trust All Might because I couldn't see his eyes. No, I was wrong. This <laughs> this one where I can see his eyes, I'm like, no. That's worse. That's it's, a fake no. one. I don't believe him. I don't believe that he's good, actually. <laughs> That's bad. Oh, it's so unsettling. I hate it. Um... But yes, uh, uh, Eraserhead shows up and is like, hey, you three, we need to get to the class thing. And we cut to a shot of uh, All Might's computer where an email has arrived from I Island. Okay, yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And, uh, and <laughs> it's, it's Melissa Shield. Yep. Ooh, but Ooh. we're going to get back to that later because it'll be important. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> the racer heads. <laughs> and then we cut to 
I guess wait, when does this canonically take place? Before the big fight where where this All is, Might lost his powers, right? Yeah, this is this is before the summer camp. Okay. So like this is just sometime during the semester. Yeah, they are in class and Eraserhead's like, listen guys, I saw a glass onion. Don't ask why the whole room isn't full. I don't need everybody <laughs> here. Just need just need my main characters. Uh listen, I saw a glass onion and I was like, I could fucking do that. Uh, <laughs> and I did. So I have so? a special test for you today. We're all gonna uh, go down to Cement Toss's playground and uh don't worry, he's here too. I have picked you, uh, you characters. Uh, don't don't worry about why I chose you. One uh, these ones, it definitely wasn't because these are the characters at, at the top of the popularity poll, and that's why Sue and Todoroki yeah, are that's here. That's why Sue and Todoroki are here. Don't even fucking worry about it. Don't, why is Sue here? Is she a main character? This episode implies yes. Um, but what this episode is doing right is that All Might is back, baby. He's fucking back and he's so happy. He's so full of joy. The actor that has been doing All Might's voice has been deprived. He has not been able to do his All Might voice and he is fucking here. Mm-hmm. I was so full of joy when All Might, like, busts through the wall and he goes, It's me! I'm here! And I was like, yeah! He's I. Back. I'm entering in the back door this time. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that one coming. A non conventional entrance, Deku. I bet you weren't expecting to see me after my horrible retirement, Deku. This is out of sequence, Deku. <laughs> Is it canonical? You'll have to watch our feature film, Deku! <laughs> I have a mystery for you to solve, Deku. <laughs> can, can you solve my mystical puzzle, Deku? I gave you all the clues, Deku! That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking good. Um... Yeah, so the team of our heroes gets sent down to Cementos's city. And uh, Eraserhead's like, alright, so there's a villain in that bank. He's got three hostages, Lady Midnight, Cementos, and Present Mike. And uh, you need to sort of figure out what's to stop him, essentially. Yeah. They, he, he's like, there's a hostage situation in that building. You need to, like de-escalate this situation and get it solved so the first thing they need to do is like figure out how many hostages how many villains so Todoroki uh, calls in to the bank and All Might pretending to be a villain picks up and he is having so much fun the delight of All Might playing the villain it's fucking <laughs> incredible He's like, I'm a pro hero. I'm I'm here to try to get you. And he's like, bro, schmo. No one can tell me what to do. Here's you... my request. Fuck off. <laughs> get out of here. Leave. Are you with the police? <laughs> I don't respect cops. Said <laughs> he's like, here's my demands. Get lost. <laughs> I missed him. I missed him. Um. So, uh, 
I think it's interesting that, like, for the first five minutes, Bakugo is the one who has the ideas. He's, uh, like, uh, like everyone's deliberating on, like, how to figure out how, how to approach the situation, and he's like, we just need to send Uraraka over to the window to, like, get a peek in. She can float up there, and, like, we'll just distract them with a phone call. It's easy. <laughs> uh, Which they do, and that's a great idea. But then yeah. they're like, okay, now how do we approach? And Bakugo's like, fuck him up! Uh, and he grenade blasts over there, knocks all the cops down, which, you know, great. But Great. Uh, as he blasts in the front of the door, uh, the villain, All Might, uh, is dead. Stabbed to death. Dead. Yeah. On the floor. Huh. Strange. Huh. What a what a strange occurrence. What a strange happening. How could this have happened? A this murder is happening. A hap- murder? A murder in in this room? <laughs> uh, Sue tickles his nose and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's obviously faking. He just sneezed." Mm-hmm. Ah, that's so uh, funny. I I do love the. In the the sub, he makes a great little noise when uh, uh, when Sue waggles her hair. He does in front of in the dub. He goes hee 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 hee. <laughs> in the sub, he's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It is it is funny. Um, who um, killed All Might? So. Uh, to figure out uh, what exactly happened in this scenario, the kids interview uh, all of all of the hostages. First, Cementos. Cementos is just the the store owner. He he's he's a clerk. He uh, he was the first person to be taken hostage here. Mm-hmm. Um, Midnight was the second like uh, uh, to arrive on the scene shortly after uh, the villain. Uh, she she is just like you know a person. Um, present Mike is <laughs> is here to buy some fucking bling, and he is also if there's one person that's having less fun than or having more fun than All Might in this situation, it's Present Mike. He is being the most extra person to ever be at a crime scene. <laughs> I love him. Uh. uh but he was here to buy some jewelry. Yes, essentially, he, he was he was here to buy an engagement ring. Yo, um, um. he was already in the store, and uh, uh, Lady Midnight mm-hmm. uh, walked in while the robbery's in progress, so got tied up as well. Yes. Um, the first thing Deku does is he is a wallet inspector. Uh, and ask everyone, hey, uh, maybe, maybe they were trying to get in on the robbery and, uh, saw this as an easy opportunity to steal some jewels. Nope, everyone here is flush with cla- with cash. Mm-hmm, very rich. Um, and nobody actually took the jewels. They're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ida goes and checks and there's no back entrances, no other ways out. So, whoever killed, um, All Might did not leave the building. Mm-hmm. So it has to be one of these three. So, what they, uh, they start deliberating about, like, what they should do next. Like, they're like, well, at this point, the situation is basically resolved. Maybe we should just call the police in to, like, solve the murder? Because we're not really detectives. 
um, Bakugo wants to torture people to get an answer. And then uh, they're like, mm, that's not very hero-like, Bakugo. And he's like, I never said torture. <laughs> I never said torture. I ne- You said torture. You said torture. I said interrogation. Enhanced interrogation. <laughs> um, but Bakugo looks over at Deku, who is, like, doing his thinking pose. And he's like, wait a moment, guys. Don't you think I, it's... <laughs> don't you think it's odd that I figured out the whole mystery without having any clues? <laughs> That's fucking, nuts. Fucking Deku has all the circumstantial evidence what ever. F- no, he doesn't have any. They looked in the wallets. He, he He's like, wait a second. He barricaded himself uh, in here. And... But why did he do that here's 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 the important thing that deku actually susses out which is uh cementos did not call the police he didn't have the opportunity to which means Mm -hmm. someone had to call the police before knowing that he was going to come in which uh leaves only uh lady midnight right i guess i guess leaves only lady midnight she was the only one to come in after the robbery was being called yes she must have known so, Deku uh, postulizes that Lady Midnight actually knew the villain beforehand and saw him, like, going to do the robbery and followed him in, in an attempt to stop him as after she called the police. <laughs> Which it is, like... <laughs> There is That's some a wild stuff. Guess. There is some wild stuff going on here. I love. I think it's very funny, like having a, showing a All Might like do this little dance with a Lady Midnight, where she ends up tied up at the end after he does like a ballet spin it to her. Is so funny to me that the animation of the sequences of Lady Midnight, like, watching tearfully All Might go into rob a bank and, like, tearfully calling the police and then dancing with Midnight implies that it happened when no one was around to see it. <laughs> and they just did that for fun. I think I think that is just what's, like, going on in Deku's head. Uh, well, Deku <laughs> says, you can tell Lady Midnight loved... All Might so much that she called the police on him because he just couldn't make himself get right with the law. Mm-hmm. And so the poli- she called the police knowing that they would finally set him straight, but she couldn't resist chasing after him into the bank. Yeah. Where All Might, in progress of robbery, tied her up because she didn't he didn't want her to be an accessory to this murder or mm-hmm. this robbery. But when Bakugo came and all the cops showed up, he thought it was a great opportunity to let Lady Midnight off the hook and also, I guess, kill himself? No. That is, that is, yes. That is, that is what happens is, like, at first they're like, wait, so Lady Midnight did it? And Deku's like, no. All Might did it. It was, uh, it was a suicide. He didn't want... To crumble under pressure and reveal that uh, that she was a uh, her like his former lover, which would uh, ruin her her life forever because she she had a tryst with a villain. I can't stress this enough. There is 
no evidence for any of this. Yeah. I thought Deku, everyone's like, Deku, slow down. Um, Deku keeps just like fucking piling onto his theory. I thought we were going to get to the end of this episode and they were like, no, man, none of that was right. You didn't have any evidence. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, but no, that's true. Um, that's true. It's that's all, all that's... true. That's happened exactly the way Deku fucking said it did. Uh, Everyone gets out of uh, character uh, and, like, goes back to being their normal selves. And uh, and Eraser's head was like, well, you got uh, you did a good job. Zero points, though. Uh, <laughs> All, Might, All Might was alive. The villain was alive and you didn't cage him. And everyone's like, that's fucking bullshit. He he's actually alive. He's not dead for real. <laughs> yeah, d- didn't you get the uh, the hint that he gave you when Sue was testing to see if he was actually dead? <laughs> That's such an eraser head move to pull that I can't actually even be mad about it. But he is a he is a huge bitch. Um, but him like running through the city as a villain, it's just infectious. All might being like, <laughs> you'll never take me alive. I'm fleeing towards freedom. <laughs> I've broken the law and I'm on the lamb, Deku. <laughs> I'll be a wanted man forevermore, Deku. You'll never take me. I'd rather be dead, Deku. Uh, <laughs> so nobody gets any points, but it was a fun mystery with not a lot of evidence, I guess. Yeah, not a not a very compelling who done it, but a, a, see. I think that you could actually do a fun episode that was, like, actually totally this, or maybe an entire arc of, yeah, no, like... Yeah, I don't need it kids. to be an arc. This is a good bottle episode, you know? Yeah, like, do... Like, I would love to see Class 1A try to solve a, an actual, like, supervillain... Who done uh, Superhero who done it. This is good, and even just mix up the cast, right? Even if we wanted to do it with the main characters. I'm still fine with this as long as everybody has parts to play. This is what I'm talking about with the pacing of the show. This mm. this doesn't need to be four episodes, right? Yeah. This was a good one-episode arc. If we cut off the ends of this episode and extend it out and feed a little bit more um, plot and, like, basis into this episode, this is a great bottle episode where we learn about a lot about our characters. Mm-hmm. That's what the show is missing. Yeah. Um, anyway, we do spend, like, oh, oh, jeez, way too much time. Like, two, three more minutes. Five, almost five minutes of, like, airtime, uh, reading an email from Melissa Shield to invite, uh, All Might to I Island for I Expo. Which I guess is... And he's like, Deku, you gotta come with me, because we're both in the movie. Are any of the other characters that we have in this movie? No. Yes. We're gonna go visit my American friends on an island where none of them will be in it. Uh, no, actually, um, they are there. Why? <laughs> Why are they there? They, because it happens during summer vacation, and, like, some of <sighs> the students wanted to go to iExpo. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Okay, so this answers the question that I had. I was like, okay, if we go back, next episode is 
is we're back to the rescue thing. Mm-hmm. Where does this plot line go? What the fuck do you mean? There's like setup. But now I know it's for a movie, and yeah, that is not cool. Yeah, <laughs> feels pretty underhanded. Uh huh. Well, how many episodes? How many rules? Uh, those mystery rules. Do you think that this episode followed? Um, I'm gonna say maybe three. Yeah. Wait. Uh, let's see. Yeah, all the the criminal was mentioned in the early part of the story. Good. No supernatural. Good. No uh, secret room. Good. Uh, no poisons. No. No racism. No. Uh, I think I think Deku's intuition. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's got a lot of basis for all the conclusions he comes to. Um. Also. I, there is not a, there is not a, a select Watson from the group. Like, all, everyone but Deku is being the Watson here, essentially. I guess, but they don't even really have much dialogue. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Cementos is more of a Watson in this episode, then. <laughs> God, can you imagine the show Deku and Cementos solving crimes? <laughs> I think Cementos might be a sleeper fave, <laughs> just because he's so integral like, to all the things that I talk about with this show. Cementos is great. Cementos is rules. I like he's, Cementos. He's out here. He's working. I I have a feeling he is getting a lot of extra paychecks from oh all the God. work he he's does. The, he's the richest pro hero. He's got that fucking state-funded paycheck hitting every time they need a new stadium. Hey, Cementos, um, so you know that villain rampage that happened last weekend? Yeah, yeah, we do need a a whole block uh, rebuilt. We would do it ourselves, but you could do it in like 10 minutes. Listen, listen, we know your fees are high, but it takes you, it just takes you like, like, like a day. And it's an entire block. Cementos, I promise we're all going to laugh about this when I get done telling you, but you remember that big rescue stadium that you made for me? Do you remember (laughs) it? Okay, so like, funny story, we blew it up. Twice. Yeah. You're raising raising your rates? You're raising your rates. Okay, yeah. You're raising your rates. We didn't tell you we were going to do that. I know you could have built it in a way that would have reassembled really easily, but we just... It just struck us in the moment. Like, let's blow it up twice. Cementos is good for it. Uh, nobody works harder. Truly. Uh, but that's it for these episodes. Yeah. There's just so much... There's so much in them. Oh. That... Okay. So, we're gonna fill some time here. I'm going to give you my pitch for the no-power Deku version of My Hero Academia. Yeah, go ahead. This is also cutting out all... Deku doesn't get powers because All Might is... he He's just All Might. He doesn't he doesn't have the, like, uh, power-giving... super giving. special... Yeah, he doesn't have the super special power. I get you. He, he doesn't have the, like, power-giving thing. He is, like, basically Superman... Um, and he is, like, going to retire, uh, probably soon, 
but it's it's just not like I I can pass the torch kind of thing. He can even still be wounded. I think that's yeah. probably fine. Yeah. Um, but he sees the spark in Deku that maybe maybe what we do need is a powerless hero. Maybe maybe I give this kid a chance. Maybe I give him a recommendation to UA. Get him get his foot in the door. We see if he passes the test. Um, I'm gonna train him. I'm gonna train him up. Make sure he's like uh, like physically able to like stand toe to toe to with uh with like super folks as best as a human can, just like training. And we're gonna see what he can do. Now, first hurdle is that fucking test. How does he solve it? Deku is a master strategist. He is able to figure out that he can that by ducking and weaving precisely, he can actually get the robots to attack each other. Therefore, getting him just barely enough points to get into UA. After this... no, go ahead. I want to hear your full pitch. I have questions. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to shout him out, or do you want me to save my questions? Uh, until please, then? please shout him out. Okay. Does this not corner him into being a gadget hero once he gets in, though? No, I don't think so. Because, like, what I'm going to add next is, like, will further explain things. Okay. Uh, we get to uh, Eraserhead's trial. Like, he's go- he's threatening to expel a bunch of, uh, of students if they can't uh, cut the thing. And Deku's, like, sweating, like, oh, fuck, I can't do it all. I can't uh, cut m- the mustard against people with uh, powers. How am I going to do this? And then he realizes he only needs to, like, I forget what the criteria was for the original one, but, like, to stay in the thing, you have to get, like, in the top ten of at least just one of the competitions. And Deku realizes something. He can uh, he can uh, pull a trick. Before his, uh, like, throughout a few of the things, he starts provoking Bakugo. And, like, when it's his turn to, to the, do the long jump, he... Uh, gives a sly, snide remark to Bakugo that he quickly dodges and launches him to the other side of the long jump, basically using Bakugo's ability in his benefit, getting him uh, uh, Mm -hmm. into 1A. Also, Mineta is cut. Also, we don't... (laughs) He's not there. Kaminari, if you you must have somebody who loves the ladies, it's Kaminari, and he's not... It's Kaminari. He's a, he's a much less creepy about it. Um, and then from there, we just get, we get high school shenanigans and like Deku, like, uh, like slowly earning the respect of, uh, uh, all the other kids. And this time the whole thing is, uh, his whole pitch on being a hero is in a society where everyone has superpowers, I don't need to have superpowers. I just need to know how to use everyone else's superpowers to my advantage. They kind of set this up too. Like he's the he's the nerd who takes notes. He's like he's he's so obsessive about knowing everybody else's powers that he's doing all this research, and then it just never comes up. Mm-hmm. That would be a better character trait. I like the pitch actually. Here's the here's the thing I, I I'm doing. It's it's basically. If you just keep doing the Deku, uh, Deku is training all the time, making him like a slightly a slightly stronger person than a person his size should be, 
you've basically got Captain America. I don't think Deku would be as strong as Captain America, but I, I see your point strategically. Captain America, him, and him are the same. Yeah, because, like, Captain America has the, like, super serum and strength, but the thing about Captain America's stories is that that's usually not the point of them. He's, like, the leader of the Avengers. He's a good yeah. strategist. He's a good leader. That is good. I like the Captain America bent on this, actually. I still think it works as a Superman analog, too, because mm-hmm. the... the And I think you probably explore this with, with his relationship with All Might. Um, and you have to be explicit about him not having powers in a powered world, right? Yes. That's the whole thing. You have That has to be a major plot point and character beat for Deku in this scenario. Because I think for this to work, you have to... And the core tenet of Superman is that anybody can be Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Not that everybody has Superman's powers, but anybody gifted the ability to help people could. Yes. You know? And it, that it, is that is the lesson that people should learn from Superman. And the, the takeaway from Superman as a character is that I should be doing what I can. And mm-hmm. so Deku, if Deku is embodying that ideal, he doesn't need superpowers to do that, right? Right. And, like, here's the thing. This is, this is like, the idea of what if Batman was trained by Superman? Like, he'd that, have a lot happier life. I'll tell he'd, you he'd have a lot happier life. Uh, I like this. I like this. I, I I think so much of me liking this hinges on Deku not having gadgets. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to have gadgets. That is so boring to me. Yeah. So I, I yeah, he's got to be tricking people all the time. He's he's tricking people. He's doing parkour. He is like being very dodgy and like being very like judo throws and like using weight ag- people's weight against them. It's very. It is like Deku is, becomes a what if a character from a like just a kung fu manga. Was in a superhero manga. And I think these pitches uh, about how Deku would operate are interesting as character changes, too. Because my main complaint with Deku is that he's a little soft, Mm personality-wise. Not that he needs to be, like, a tough guy or anything. But he doesn't... He often feels like things are happening to him. He's so Mm -hmm. without agency. Um... And he gets his big moments where he, like, saves somebody or punches someone or stands up, which are which are good. I don't want to take away from the writing of the show and those moments that work. But, like, if he was, like, trickier, if he was more sly, um, he had, like, a slightly more confidence in that respect. He can still be, like, I'm fucked, you know, like, that's mm-hmm. good drama. But, like, if he had, like, more thought process to it... And he was able to be confident in his ability to trick people and and be kind of a uh, con man is the wrong word, mm-hmm. but, you know, manipulative in that way in, in combat or fights and stuff. That would be an interesting angle on Deku that I, I think he probably needs, honestly. Yeah. Also, it would make the show more of an ensemble show because it is like the thing Deku 
would always have with him is like other people around. Yeah, to, that's like, his tool belt. Are yeah. his friends? Yeah, exactly. He's like, I can't, I can't fly, but Uraraka can make me weightless and push me. You know, like, mm-hmm. and Sarah can do like a I'll fucking fastball special myself over there. Like, let's combo. That's good. I like that because my another complaint I have with the show is that we don't do enough combo attacks. And we could keep the the whole Deku is reckless about his body stuff because he he is still like throwing himself into danger with like no powers and like shit's still fucking uh, fucking him up and he does still need to be like more careful about that but it's a more potent thing and like we do actually see him you know actually grow out of like doing that and like taking less hits where he doesn't need to where he doesn't need to because you don't even have to get hit very hard if you don't have your powers Mm -hmm. you just get fucked up yeah and it's worse because you know he doesn't have a a superpower cushion i like this i'm on i'm on board i was skeptical when you pitched it to me but i'm i'm 100 on board now this is good put us in charge i'm fucking tired i'm tired of saying i know it's a thing that we say but put us in charge let's fucking do it okay I had an idea. This reminds me of a different thing. And we're running up on time, so we have to end. But uh, I had a – when I, like, was in college, I had an idea for a comic book. Like, a, it was a superhero comic book, kind of an ensemble cast like this. But where the main character was a con man who tricked his way onto the Justice League or or the equivalent or whatever. Or they saw him do something and they're like, you've got superpowers. And instead of going to jail, he was like – uh, yeah, I've got superpowers, of course. So they forced him to join the Justice League in order to not get his secret out. He's got to do, like, con man tricks to capture villains the whole time. Like, like, oh, yeah, I've got heat vision. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, uh, don't ask questions. Like, I can't believe you've dropped my, uh, uh <laughs> like. You've dropped my vase that was so expensive. Don't, yeah, like, you know, he's just doing cons the whole time and he's tricking everybody. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. But that's very, that reminded me of this, anyway. Um, but that's all we have for you today, listener. Where can people find you on the internet, Holden? Uh, Twitter, at not underscore daredevil. And... Holden, you have a website now, and <laughs> okay, so you can go to hdking.myportfolio.com if you want to see my graphic design website. It's very good. It's it's up to date. I finished it. It's got all my recent work on there. Uh, it took me several months, but I did do it. So. If you're interested, give it a give it a look. Uh, some pieces on there that I uh, really like, and some work that I am proud of. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Tumblr and co-host at Hex of Lexi. You can find the podcast on both of those sites at Sakugapod. You can also email the podcast at Sakugapod at gmail.com. Whoo! That's the first time I've done that slate. Like, Ooh. actually, good. I think. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, we'd like to thank Rainbow Lithium for the excellent artwork that we did. Uh, or that we did? That she did. That she did. I'm not that good. She we, did it. We just, we just posed. Sla- <laughs> yeah, we just slapped our name on top of it. She did all the hard work. 
Um, we but, we posed for some pictures and like gave a few notes about things. It, it, we didn't we didn't do any of the work. No, we didn't do any of the work. We just claimed we just put fancy lettering around it, and that's our podcast art. Um, we'd also like to thank Lexi for editing every episode, especially this one because it's going to be a pain. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, um, while it, we've switched. Here's the thing: we've we've gotten off track somehow. We flipped. Yeah, we responsible we... for what? So I'm just <laughs> gonna keep going. I'm gonna get us back on track. If you're uh, in there looking at all this stuff, you're on the wet. You're on the internet. You're on your podcatcher of choice. We'd love to have you leave a five star review on our podcast and maybe a comment in the comment section. We'd love that too. Um, anything that helps us get the algorithm to work for us would be excellent. Um, and if you're out in the real world, fucking around, saying, I could rewrite My Hair Academia. You're in a writing class and you're like, happen to be ch- chatting with a- about anime with somebody in a creative writing class. You got to be like, listen, I heard the best pitch on how to rewrite My Hair Academia <laughs> the other day. It was pretty fucking good. And I think they have a point. Uh, here's the podcast. Just, you know. Yeah. Throw us out there. Um, yeah. I think that's all the things. I think that's everything. Um, with all of that said, I think we can say that we have studied the Sakuga. We have solved the mystery of who killed the villain. And we can consider this case closed. But not the case of... Who killed me? The anime Watson. No! Ooh, ah, ah, ah. I expect everybody to come to the next podcast with answers. Mm-hmm.